0: Welcome to Tubbs of the Club, the official, unofficial podcast of your University of Idaho Vandals. I'm your host, Brian, and on today's episode, which is going to be a little bit shorter than they typically are due to the short turnaround between now, when I'm recording this Tuesday night, and when the next Men's and women's Games are, which is tomorrow, Wednesday. We're going to have to be a little bit more precise about what we go through, but that's fine. The updates we're going to go over are... What the men's opening round game Wednesday against 60 seed Montana State should look like. We're going to update you guys on how the women did in their second round game against Northern Arizona. Although for our women, it was their first game of the tournament because our women, congratulations to them, won the Big Sky Conference outright at the end of the regular season, even though they lost to Idaho State. Northern Colorado lost their final game to Northern Arizona, who we're going to tell you about how the Idaho women did against Northern Arizona today in a moment. But first, we have to go over the hardware that many Idaho Vandals took home after the Big Sky, all-conference teams, and awards were announced. Now, for the men, the update's pretty quick. Not a single player on our men's team and no coach on our men's staff won any award or is named to any league team when the team wins two league games total. That is exactly what we should expect and that's what we got. The news for our women was different. It is probably no surprise to people who are following the women's team that Michaela Ferencz and Taylor Pierce both made the first team uh, All Big Sky. They were joined on the first team All Big Sky by savannah smith of northern colorado grace kenyon of idaho state and sydney riley of portland state taylor pierce and michaela friends being the other two players on that team the mvp of the league which is one of our big pieces of news was michaela friends after averaging 22.5 points through the season michaela friends mvp of the big sky conference for the 2018-2019 season by the way, in addition to Taylor Pierce making the first team, um, both Michaela Pierce sorry, both Michaela Friends and Taylor Pierce were unanimous first team selections, which is a big deal, but we are not done going through the women's awards. By the way, Michaela Friends averaged 22.5 points on the season, including 23.1 points during conference play. Like I said, we're not done. With the awards our women's team took home john Newley, coach we all love the darling of the all vandals forum message board by the way that's that's not meant as a dig uh, john newley has been nothing but successful since coming to university of idaho he was honored as coach of the year the idaho women's team finished the regular season 19 and 10 including 16 and 4 in conference won the league have the number one seed in the tournament congratulations to them we are still not done going over the women's award winners and finally gina markson freshman won freshman of the year in the big sky go over a statistical profile of how some of our women looked just for people who are new all three of our top three scorers came home with awards like i said michaela Ferenz, was our leading scorer on the year, 22.5 points per game. Taylor Pierce, our second leading scorer, first team all league, 19.1 points per game. Gina Markson, our starting point guard, averaged 8.8 points per game. Our leading rebounder on the year was Natalie Clinker. She pulled down eight rebounds a game. Michaela Ferenz pulled down 5.3 rebounds per game. And Michaela Ferenz led the team in assists at 3.9 assists per game. Gina Markson, second at 3.7 assists per game. So, you know, like I said, it's it's hard to be more specific about this. Um, our women were incredible this year. First team in the league, first place in the league, first seed in the tournament. And how did they do with their first, their first game, second round game in conference? Well, no surprise. They came home with a convincing win. Our women beat Northern Arizona in the second round of the Big Sky Tournament. 90 to 73 behind shooting 56% in the second half. They only shot 37.5% from the field in the second half. The women actually did not look that great in the second half, but they had a they built a 21-point lead. So did they need to play that well in the second half? No, and they still won by 17, even though they only shot 37% in the second half. Taylor Pierce led the way, tying a career high with 31 points on 10 of 21 from the field, including 6 of 13 from 3. She grabbed seven rebounds, picked up four assists. Michaela Ferenz added 24 points, shooting 9 15 from the field, and both the Clinkers—that's Natalie and Lizzie Clinker—each scored nine. Their next game is tomorrow, Wednesday, March 13th, against Portland State at 4:30. In the first women's semifinal, second women second women's semifinal is Eastern Washington against Northern Colorado. After Eastern Washington pulled off a relatively big upset beating Idaho State just about a couple hours ago, based off when I'm recording. And that loss by Idaho State is potentially good news for our Vandals. You know, our women's team lost four games this year. They lost to University of Montana, who lost to Southern Utah in the first round. They lost to Northern Colorado twice. Northern Colorado is still alive. And they lost to Idaho State in the last game of the season. Idaho State's out. So that's where we're at. We likely should want our... Um, our women to play Eastern Washington in the conference championship, uh, really just because it's a better matchup. The Northern Colorado is really the only team uh, in the big sky that posed that much of a problem for our women's team. You know, the women's team overall, by the way, uh, correct the record. The quarterly press article that I, I pulled some info off of said our women were 19 and 10. That is correct. They were 19 and 10 at the time of the article, but after winning their tournament game, they are now 20 and 10. So forgive me, records corrected. In our last 10, in our last 10 games, our women have two two losses. The season-ending loss, the last regular season game, loss to Idaho State, 67 to 73, and the other most recent loss was against. Northern Colorado in Greeley, our women lost 72 to 77 back on February 16th. And in the other time, our women played Northern Colorado, which was in Moscow. They lost 72 to 86. So um, first game was a little bit rough, double digit loss, 14 point loss. second game was closer to five. Um, if our women play Northern Colorado, obviously we're hoping for a change in in the outcome. Northern Colorado. Has uh, Savannah Smith? She led the conference in scoring this year. She's their big scorer, the big name to for uh, for Vandal fans to watch. Uh, but again, first Idaho has to take down Portland State in their semifinal. In our most recent matchup, our women's most recent matchup with Portland State, Idaho won in Portland, eighty-one to sixty-eight. And in our first matchup with Portland State, which is in Moscow, our women won eighty to seventy-eight, so we swept the season series with Portland, uh, which is potentially promising news. That next game is Wednesday at four thirty on Pluto TV. So that's where we are with the women's team. Uh, everyone should tune in if you can. The game's later in the day, which is good news. The first women's game was it tipped off at eleven a.m., and that's just how these conference games are. Uh, this next, next one is later in the day. So if you want to watch, it'll be a lot easier. If you're in the Boise area, think about trying to grab a ticket. Uh, it's great to support our women's team and our women. I mean, they're good. There's no other way to go about it. We have two first-team all-league players and the freshman of the year and the coach of the year. I don't know what else they're supposed to do. So congratulations to our women. We're going to transition real quick to our men who are on the opposite end of the spectrum. Our men closed out the regular season with an embarrassing 59-93 loss at Weber State. There's not a whole lot to go over. That game was not competitive whatsoever. We trailed 23-49 at half. Um, against Weber, our leading scorer is Cam Tyson. He scored 17 points on 4 of 13, shooting from the field, picked up two assists, but also had five turnovers. Uh, Scott Blakely and Jared Rodriguez each added 10 points for context about exactly how bad the Weber State game was for our men. Three players weaver state jerek harding cody john and breckett chapman they combined for 49 they combined for 59 points sorry uh, 59 points those three combined for on 36 shots our team as a whole scored 59 points on 52 shots our men turned the ball over 22 times, and it could have been a much worse game than it was. Weaver State pulled starters, and they still scored 93 points. It was one of the ugliest games I've ever seen. Uh, the only game I'd really rival it to is our 59-100 to 100 loss to University of Montana earlier in the year. So, yeah, our men's team closed out the season pretty rough. We also lost in our final regular season game to Idaho State, 68-70. to 70. A game we led 45 to 34 at half. A game where Idaho shot a better percentage from the field and from three than Idaho State. A game where we turned the ball over less than Idaho State. We still found a way to lose. And if you watched that game, what you saw was the absolutely wretched offense that we talked about. Our team scored 23 total points in the second half. Trayvon Allen led the way for us 20 points on 19 shots. Jared Rodriguez added 14 points, six rebounds. Cam Tyson added 12 points on 11 shots and there's there's not a whole lot for us to go into today uh, because the goal is that this is a short podcast mostly a primer to take us into the tournament but uh, suffice it to say we thought we saw some positive trends again in the last few games heading into the Weaver State and Idaho State games and from what I saw uh, and by the way those positive trends were how we were spreading the floor we're playing at a faster pace those trends just weren't there in the, in the games I saw against Weaver State and Idaho, Idaho State. We had a faster pace against Weaver State, but we turned the ball over 22 times. Uh, so part of the pacing was our possessions were short because we were giving the ball away so frequently. You know, Against Idaho State, we scored 23 second-half points. Our pace was down to 66 possessions against Idaho State, exactly what it had been for most of the year. We were getting killed. So you know, like I had talked about earlier, Uh, Was there any sort of chance we see a change in this team? No, Um, we should just be happy. This season's pretty close to over. Um, I'm not trying to rag on the players. Uh, They're out out there playing hard. I've been clear and I'll go through it on our season ending podcast. We go in depth on some numbers. Um, I, I, I just think the offensive strategy this team has used this year is indefensible. And against Idaho State, we saw a lot more, you know, on one possession, Lozini Kamara, who's a freshman, he's a shooting guard, he posted a seven-foot center for Idaho State. Lozini Kamara averages less than two points a game. Now, not only as a function of the offense was Lozini Kamara establishing post position against a seven-footer, our player passed him the ball. That, to me, was this season boiled into one play. A six-foot-two, six-foot-three guard posting a seven-foot center and someone giving him the ball. Now, did Kamara score? Of course not, because a six-two or six-three player posting a 7-foot player is an awful shot no matter what, because the 7-foot center can just stand and not move, and there's a very good chance the shot will be blocked or it will be a turnover like it was in our possession. You know, close that game out. Idaho led late in the game, then Idaho State took the lead. Our final two possessions, first with 30 seconds left, we're down by two, and we're walking the ball up. Uh, Trayvon Allen was the point, but Don Verlin was not getting on him to run. Um, we had an awful possession. Trayvon took a bad shot, was bailed out with a foul. I'm not saying that's put down to Trayvon. There was nothing run for him, and he had nowhere to go. So he did the best he could. He got, got the free throw line, made one free throw, missed what would have been the game-tying free throw, so we foul Idaho State. They make a, They make free throw – we get the ball back, have a chance to tie, and again, have no offensive set to run. Trayvon gets a bad shot up because there's nowhere to go, and Idaho State is packing the paint, and our team is not running any sort of sets to get people open on the perimeter. That is where we're at. We lost the game. We should have. Um, I'm, Yeah, you're, you're reading the frustration, um, and if you've been following the team, you should be frustrated. They're bad. And to me, the offensive strategy was just indefensible so on that positive note. If there's good news for Idaho in the opening round of the Big Sky Tournament, it's that we have as positive a draw as we possibly could. Now, Montana State finished sixth in the league. They're 11-9 in conference. They have first-team all-league shooting guard Tyler Hall averaged better than 20 points a game in conference. They have second team all-league point guard, Harold Frey, averaged better than 19 points a game and about five assists per game. Why was that a good draw? reason it was a good draw for Idaho is that Montana State has a weak defense. They had the second worst scoring defense in the league. Only Idaho was worse, uh, giving up 77.6 points per game. And there was a trend throughout this year when Idaho won our few Division I games. We won three total Division One games this year. In all three of those games, we had to shoot better than 50% from the field. Montana State has the second worst field goal percentage defense in the league. Uh, They allow teams to shoot 47%. Now, the downside for us is Montana State has a good offense. They were the best scoring team in the league at 81.8 points per game. They were surprisingly um, not top league in field goal percentage. They were. Towards the top, at uh, 46.8% per game. By the way, Idaho shoots 43% from the field as a reference point. Montana State was the third best three-point shooting team in the league at 38% from the field. Idaho was slightly better at 38.9%. Montana State was 384 But why is this a good draw? Because Montana State doesn't have athletes who can destroy us on defense the way Weber State, uh, Northern Colorado, and University of Montana do. So Montana State was probably the best draw we could get. Now, there is some more bad news. We, we're down to dressing eight guys total. It half looks like an AAU team at this point. Scott Blakeney is our only post. We still run our lane-clogging offense, even though we have one total post on the team. Um, so I'm not optimistic. We went 0-2 against Montana State this year. We lost 67-77 to in Moscow, then 72-86 to in Bozeman. 72-86 to is deceiving Montana State led by well over 20 in the second half. And at one point towards the end of the game, while we were shooting free throws, they didn't even send rebounders down. Uh, that was how bad it was. They just didn't even put rebounders down at the free throw line uh, while, sorry, while they were shooting free throws. So what does Idaho have to do to win? We, we have to shoot well. We have to shoot absolutely lights out against Montana State this year. Um, we had seven games against Division I teams where we shot better than 50% from three. We only won three of those games. See, that, that's, again, like I uh, talked about against Idaho State, we are finding ways uh, to lose. Happened all year, and it hasn't happened against Montana State, but the realistically, the only chance for us against Montana State is we will have to play absolutely lights out, and Montana State will have to play poorly. Now, I'm on the fence on whether I think it'd be even good for us to win. Uh, why, why am I on the fence It'd be good for us to win? Because I would absolutely hate for there to be a story invented that this team was coming together at the end. Um, I will go into this further in our season-ending podcast, but um, it would know, be good for the kids, I guess, to, uh, to win, and that that shouldn't matter. Uh, that I, I would like them to have a positive experience, no question. I would hate for there to be any evidence whatsoever for the coaching staff to take away from this season to intimate that they are running particularly the offense right in any way whatsoever am i mildly concerned that if we were to win a big sky conference game that a big tie conference tournament game that our coaches may come to what i believe to be the wrong conclusions about what should be done for the idaho program because they overvalued a late season win yeah i'm I'm mildly concerned, you know, not not completely. You know, Idaho had the worst scoring margin in the 21st century in the conference at negative 14.2 this year. We could have cut our scoring margin in half to negative 7.1 and still had the worst scoring margin in the league. So there's a there's a long way for us to go. But circling back to the game itself, uh, the there's. Two big names we already went over on Montana State to pay attention to, Harold Fray and Tyler Hall. The third name is Keljen Blevins. He's a transfer from Southern Miss. He's a senior. He averaged 11.7 points per game, It really struggled down the stretch. I believe Montana State is going to kind of view this as a tune-up game for them. Montana State closed the year out 2-4, and four, um, including being swept by Sacramento State and Portland State in their final two games, which is why Montana State has a... Or isn't doesn't have a first round bye. That's why they're playing us in the first round. But you know, I'm gonna quote the ESPN affiliate out of Missoula. It's the main Big Sky related daily show that exists in the United States. and Mualanes, Idaho is viewed as a bye in the first round of the men's tournament. So would it even be good for Idaho to win a first round game? I'm gonna say yes for the kids, no for the program. Uh, because it's not that I actually know the coaches and think they, they will overvalue a conference win, but I think there's a world where some people could overvalue a conference win. And I think there's a world where maybe some fans or maybe some people who help make decisions about our program, see us winning a conference game and could tell themselves, well, at least they were coming together towards the end of the season. I don't think that really would happen. And I don't think that's a realistic place for us to land, but with how just about everything that could be executed poorly for our team was executed poorly for our team this year? I guess I don't really want there to be any doubt whatsoever. So will I be cheering for the Vandals? Yes. Think of it as if you've ever bet on a sporting event. A tactic that some people use is to never bet on the team that they like. So let's say you're a fan of the Seahawks. A strategy would be to bet against the Seahawks and then watch the game so that no matter what happens, something positive happens to you. If Seattle wins, you're going to be happy your team wins. If Seattle loses, you make money. Now, I am not advocating betting on college sports, although I I don't know if that's legal now. I know uh, betting on sports had been illegal. Uh, Supreme Court case changed that recently but I don't know exactly what the ramifications are for college sports. So please don't take your legal advice from Tubbs at the club. But going back to our game, I want the, I'm rooting for the players to have a positive experience and to win the game. But I will also say if we lose the game, it's positive for the program because there just needs to be nothing uh, from this season that our coaching staff could possibly, or anyone who makes decisions for the university, there just needs to be nothing that people could possibly take away as positive from this year you know, we we finished in last place in standings we went 2 and 18 in the league we could have tripled our win total to 6 and still been in last place in league like i said we had the league's worst scoring margin at -14.2 we averaged attendance wise 862 people i don't know where the positives are but i do think it's worth watching our final game just to really see the punctuation on how the season ends. Um, so both the men and women play Wednesday. The men play at 1.30 against Idaho State. The Sorry, the men play at one thirty against Montana State. Forgive me, it's in Boise. The, the women play right after against Portland State at 4.30. So in some ways, if you can, it's an Idaho doubleheader. Uh, make sure to tune in. Next week, we're going to have a much more thorough look at how the season went. We just have a short turnaround to get this done. So we want to get something done quick. Um, I want to thank everyone for downloading. Congratulations to Michaela friends and Taylor Pierce for first team, all league awards and Michaela friends for the MVP. Congrats to Gina Markson for winning freshman of the year. Congrats to John Newley for coach of the year. Congrats to the entire women's team for handling Northern Arizona in their first game, 90 to 73. We wish them luck against Portland state. We'd love to ha- to, see our women take their third trip, the NCAA tournament in the last five or six years. We wish them luck. Thanks for downloading. And as always, go Vans.